Hey, Toots. This week on our episode, I'm talking to George Bryant. He is the mastermind behind the Mind of George show. And also, he is the thought process behind relationships beat algorithms. He owns a crap ton of companies. He's got a huge mastermind. He's working with entrepreneurs in their relationships, building their business and all these other cool things. I met George in the mastermind that I was at when I was in Montana, and I'm super excited that he's here with me today to share some cool information with you. And at the end of the episode, we actually do laughing meditation, which was awesome to implement and have him be a part of. So stick around for that. Thanks for being here. So much energy. Put in your booby rocks. Live your best life. Keep doing you. I want to know what her name is. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We should probably give her a name, don't you think? I think so. I'm going to make sure we're live. I'm going to check. Okay. Your profile. Okay. Yeah, we're live. We're okay, here. Okay, cool. Fun here times. we go. <laughs> Fun times. And there's live auto captions on, too. Wow. Okay. Oh, hell. I hope they spell it all right. It's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Just love it. I just like, I was so excited about this because I've met you in person and I love your energy, but I will never get the creepy little hands out of my brain. Seeing them in person is way worse than seeing somebody on camera with them. <laughs> well, it's so funny because when my hands are like in the camera, they actually look tiny too. So that looks freaking me <laughs> Yeah, that's a wide angle webcam. I can see that. But yeah, like those creepy hands that you have, they're extra creepy in person. Yeah. Well, this week is Taco Tuesday and Corn Dog. We got a Corn Dog also. So, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just have to slap the meditation drum. <laughs> so I, I've, I know you're interviewing me, but I have to ask, where do you buy these props? Like, where, where do you buy a taco headband and a Corn Dog on a stick? So my best friend bought the Corn Dog for me. It's actually a pen. Oh my God, it's a Corn Dog pen. Okay. It's a Corn Dog pen. So funny story about this is I dressed up as a wrestler for Halloween, like a one piece bodysuit, like tattoos on my chest. Were like, you a hot dog stand? And that's why they got you a no, corn no, dog? Like no, no. So then my husband made me a sock full of socks for my corn dog area. And then so I just said if I had a corn dog, I'd be bapping everything. And so then the corn dog is the big guy. <laughs> got it. I love I also love how you referred to it as a sock full of socks for your corn dog area. Yes. So he did. Yeah. Say, I, yes. He made me a sock full of socks. Yeah. I feel like I'm in junior high again and it's giddy. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, we are here live <laughs> with my buddy, George Bryant, which I just found your a picture of you with hair on a website. It's weird, right? Real it's weird. weird. Super it's weird. weird. I was like, is this him? I was like, this can't be I think him. I think I've been bald since 2005 by choice. And then yeah. three times, three times in 16 years, I've grown hair. Two of them are Mohawks and the Mohawks I can pull off right, for sure. But I hate 
getting the mohawk back because yeah. I have to go through all the awkward puberty oh. hair stages of like yeah. short, but then it's not long enough to know it's a mohawk and it's short enough that it looks like somebody botched my hair. <laughs> right. And then there's the phase of like looking like a chia pet pre that. I don't like that. Like I just want to fast forward to mohawk. Yeah. Um, but after I got out of the military, cause I hadn't really had a haircut, I was like, I'm going to grow my hair out and see. And so I grew a beard <laughs> that was down to like my chest and I grew my hair out. And so I had this beard with a comb over like, like a by choice comb over. Um, and it happened to be in 2014 <laughs> when I was shooting my cookbook. So there's some permanent images of that, that I wish I could like, you know, oh enhance or get rid of but that's just a part of my life it was just there was a there was a period of me being in cooking aprons in the kitchen with a comb over and I'm here for all of it yeah did you just like make a paste to like keep that down like a bread you know I I have amazing hair <laughs> like my wife and most people get mad at me they're like why would you shave it I'm like I really I really don't like I shaved my head for the first time when my dad went through chemo yeah and um I shaved it for deployment because it was a lot easier but then after we went through chemo I shaved it and I kept it for as long as he didn't have hair. And then I was like, oh, this is just kind of easier. Right. Like it's easy. I feel like I'm high speed, low drag. Like I'm aerodynamic. <laughs> I can wear a hat, not wear a hat. I cannot shower and nobody will know. Like, right. I'm like, this is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm kind of in love with it, but then I'll grow hair. And everybody is always like, why do you cut it? It's so amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad you think my hair is amazing, but it's not on your head and it's a pain in my butt. So, right. Um, but yeah, I have like this, I have this interesting hair where it like can take shape with minimal product and it's soft. And so uh, the comb over was easy. I could actually wet it and comb it over and it would dry and it would basically stay. Right. Yeah. And Man. even with my Mohawk, like my Mohawk was 50% natural and only 50% product. Cause I could <laughs> literally dry it up and it would stay soft and up to give like structure to it. So, you know, yeah. I could have been a hair model if I didn't shave my head. Oh shoot. Did you ever put yeast in there? Like no, I to never make it rise? That. No, I never, I never did that. I never did that. I feel like yeast would have been a benefit to help cleaning it after Afghanistan. Like, you know, oh. that's the other thing too, is like, I got friends and I was like, we're going two, three, four weeks without showering. Like right. at least I can baby wipe my head. But I'm like, you got like weeks worth of sweat and cake. And I'm like, that's nasty. Yeah. Nope. No, you need like a grinder to get that off. You do. I'm like, yeah. you're going to shave your head anyways. Might as well do it now. Right. Because like, you have to shave all that off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, no. Yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, uh, but I do like, there's times I miss the mohawk because I like coloring it. Like I like having a pink mohawk and a blue mohawk. And yeah, my wife so says my mohawk makes me look softer though. She said, I always, people always think I'm going to oh. kill them when I don't have one. <laughs> I was like, am I the only guy, you know, that my mohawk makes me look softer. And I was like, I'm like a giant teddy bear. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, babe. Like you and your tattoo. I'm like, seriously, like I help people for a living. And she's like, yeah, but you don't look normal. You look like a UFC fighter ready to rip somebody's face off. Right. And oh, I've seen like, it. Oh, oh. I've seen it. I've been like so violating social distancing with you. So I know I've seen it. I've been in it. <laughs> we weren't violating social distancing because I live in Montana and we don't have that here. Oh, okay. So there was no violation. I got there was it. no, there was no violation. But yeah, I just, I think, I think it's funny. What I think is funny is that people think that like, I'm this mean, like fighter dude. Like I literally like, I cuddle puppies and cry like 10 times a day and you've met me and I'm like, I care. Like, I'm, let me help you. Like hug me. Like, right. I like okay, I guess that's, that's what it is. Oh, 
and P.S. Jen says hi. So, oh, yeah, yep. I told her we were talking today. She's like, tell him I said hi. So I will. Jen- she's still not she's still not healed enough to say hi to me on her own. She has to use a buffer. I'm a liaison. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, good times. So let's talk about even though you do look like, you know, a badass, even though you're super soft, uh, like oh. I feel like if I had my, and if you're if my insides had a look I feel like you would be the representation <laughs> of what my inside looks like right like just badass like ball mm. doing it getting it done and you wear pink shoes I wear pink shoes and I have them on I even have literally yeah. like here's what's funny is like I wear them I literally even have pink shoe stickers that have my slogans on them because I literally only wear pink shoes <laughs> So I have been dying laughing because every time I want to say I'm here for it, or it does come out of my mouth, I can hear you saying it. You know, when I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. And I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, it's addicting. It's addicting. It happened in one day. And now my my company, my team, they made stickers. They made, I was like, (laughs) I did it for one day. And now I have to like own it. But I'm I'm actually okay with it. It's like growing on me. It's growing on me. Yeah. And then I'm, I did look up because I know that your, your trademark is relationships, relationships beat algorithms. algorithms, right? So yep. do I have to pay now that I just said that or? Yeah, that I work? will send a bill for the royalty. Um, I think you might legally be passed because I'm on it though. So it's oh, not okay. like infringing. It's more like reference. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, so yeah. every time I'm going to reference it, I'll just send a, a message to you letting you know I'm saying it. <laughs> no, but I do love that. I do yeah. love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's such good times. Random question for you. Yeah. Would you rather be a hot dog or a Vienna sausage? Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'd rather be Vienna sausage because I'm more natural and I'm not made of scraps and other animal parts that are passed off as parts that they are not. So I'll go, I'll go with the Vienna sausage because I feel like sausages have more of a quality connotation than hot dogs. Okay. And they come in a can, so they're kind of safe. They're probably yeah, a little they're, more- they're safe. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, they're like, I just had the visual of opening a can of Vienna sausages and I almost dry heaved in my mouth a little bit. And I can't believe I chose that. But then I also am like, well, I'm comparing to a hot dog. So uh, right. I'd rather be, I'd rather be preserved than a little bit of liquid for a longer shelf life. <laughs> I feel like my fingers are about as big as Vienna sausages. That's why I always, I feel like, I feel like it's a testament to how much better quality Vienna sausages are because they have to be in a liquid and, and preserved. You could leave a hot dog at room temperature for four years and it would still be edible. Right. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'm choosing Vienna sausages. Okay. I, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here for it too. <laughs> Oh, good times. Good times. So, um, what, so you have, have kids, right? I have kids. I have kids. I do. I do. Good times. What's your favorite thing to talk about with them? Just just in general. Oh my, well, so my daughter is more of an adult than me. So I, I, so a little context, I have a big age gap. So I have a 16 year old daughter and a four year old son. Yeah. So my daughter is the queen of being like a better adult than me. So I ask her for advice all the time sure. or <laughs> I'm like, what do you think of that person? And she'll, I'm like, yep, I agree with you. So I feel like I get coached by my daughter. Um, but we always talk about the same stuff, like where we're going out in nature, what we do. My daughter's like one of the most positive, happy-go-lucky, happiest souls, like giving, loving human beings on the planet. So she's extremely grounding for me. 
um, cause she always sees the best in people. And so we're always just talking about good stuff. And then my son, my son is the four-year-old CEO of the family. Um, so what I tell people is that the universe gave him the most aggressive parts of my wife and I to punish us. Oh. And so he's the boss. And I mean, he's amazing, but he's so intelligent. Like when, like in school, like he's four, but they put him in the room with the six and seven-year-olds to play with them Oh yeah, because he gets bored and not stimulated with the young ones. And so then he comes home and they're like, uh, your son was telling the seven-year-olds what to do. And then he got mad that they wouldn't listen. And so he started yelling at them and I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> But my son is really, really open, but I love the conversations I love having with my son is I love, he loves talking to me about everything. He sees stuff and he's like, how's that work? And how's that work? And I always like, like, how do you think it works? And he'll answer me. And what I love about him is that he helps me unlock like the most creative, loving, unattached, unjudgmental part of my brain that as an adult, I've been trained to not trust. And with him, I'm reminded that that's their natural state of being. And I feel like most of my business success and best ideas have always come from bouncing them off my kids or listening to ideas my kids have had. Sure. Kind of running with them. And so I just love talking to my son about how he sees the world. Like it's so simple and it's so beautiful and it's so moment to moment. It, yeah. It's really refreshing. And, and, and full disclosure, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, somebody who's lived quite a few lives and is kind of here, it's also extremely challenging because it's an edge. Like that yeah. level of presence is an edge. And right. it's not something it's like, it's not something we celebrate as adults in society, or especially as entrepreneurs, right? It's like, go, 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 hustle, hustle. hustle. My son's like, present, 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 yeah. present. <laughs> and I've never, until I had children, I never understood the true definition of presence or the fact that it's a muscle that has to be trained. Right. And it atrophies quick because pure presence is exhausting when you don't practice it. And that's what I love that he brings me is it's always moment to moment, forgiveness, movement, momentum, love, the best of everything. And quite frankly, his unabashed authenticity. Right. Uh, Cause he just tells you how he feels. And I, I feel like, I feel like if all we did was mimic four or five-year-olds, we'd live in a lot healthier culture. Um, right. And so I kind of use him as my, my coach as well. So that's kind of yeah. what I like to talk to my kids about. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I can remember our daughter, she, when she was three, we mm -hmm. got a call from preschool that she was windmilling other children because she was, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. She just standing there windmilling other children. Okay. Yeah, I, some of the stuff I get, I'm like, really? He did, he did that? What? <laughs> no, no way. And then I watch him with his friends because like all of our, we have like five couples that we hang out with here and they all have kids, but Branson's the youngest by four years. Uh-huh. Oh, and yeah. he'll play with them and boss them around. And they'll be like, hey, we're tired. Branson's got us tired out. And they're like, hey, Branson will come say like, daddy, he did this. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I'll ask him, I'm like, what did he do? And then they'll tell me what he did. I'm like, he did that? What? <laughs> what? I'm like, where? Yeah. And like my, my, my wife and I laugh, though, because I feel like if you don't believe in epigenetics, just watch your young child. <laughs> because I'm like, he didn't watch me growing up. He didn't right. watch my wife growing up, but tell me how we don't have these mannerisms, but both of us did these exact same things right. <laughs> when we were children. Right. And I was like, yep. Mm -hmm. And I was oh. like, so karma, karma's getting me back. So I'm going to raise my children that how they treat their parents is going to determine how well behaved their children are. <laughs> that's a lesson that somebody should have taught me when I was a child. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a good question.
Nice. I love it. That's I love that's it too. amazing. It's good times with the with the kids. And it we is. should they're, be more childlike for yes. sure. Yeah. And more play, which we had talked about when we met for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you do you remember a time in your life that you had like an automatic, the biggest shift where you could feel it in your your whole body in person? I could probably name like five to ten of those moments. <laughs> Or do you have uh, one that's probably like the, it doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest or like the, the funnest or the biggest epiphany that you had. I, I have, I have one that's more in the positive realm than the other side. <laughs> Cause you know, there's trauma induced breakthroughs and clarity. And I've sure. had a few of those, you know, being in war and combat and, and yeah. you know, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I'd say, um, let me give a little context to the here. So I, I got out of the military and I was, pretty successful as an entrepreneur, like right off the bat, like I made my first million in, I don't know, maybe six months. Um, that was kind of a big crutch for me because it really gave me an inflated <laughs> ungrounded ego, but I lost it all anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I had to make it again a couple welcome, years later. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I feel like, uh, entrepreneurship was a drug for me. Uh, I got to hide from trauma, like childhood trauma I hid from in the military. And then in the Marine Corps, I induced and felt a lot of trauma. Then I used entrepreneurship to hide from that. Gotcha. And so on the surface, I was successful, right? I had hundreds of thousands of followers, 5 million weeks a month on my website. I was a New York times bestseller, number one app in the world, blah, 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 blah. But I wasn't living my life for me. Mm. I was living my life to be the image that everybody else saw me as, or that I portrayed or thought that I had to portray. Sure. And uh, I feel like that's the double-edged sword of what we do as public figures and entrepreneurs is that it's really easy to fall into being who the world wants us to be instead of being who we are. And so I feel like most of my life, I was conditioned to be whoever I had to be to be the best or to win, which meant entrepreneurship was the same thing. But I got to a point where I achieved all the papers. I got everything that I said I ever wanted, except I had no self-identity. I had no idea of self, and I literally couldn't make a decision. Like, I'm like, oh, if I do this, will they judge me? Will they like me? I would, like, literally, like, simple things I would run by people, and I started to be aware of this and be aware of this and be aware of this. And it basically almost destroyed my life. And so I was miserable, depressed, everything, and... I made a decision and I made one of the first decisions I'd ever made independently without like asking my wife's forgiveness or permission or my friends and everything. And I was like, I need time alone. And I took time alone. And I realized that that business uh, that I was running, Civilized Caveman, was part of my trap. Like it was kind of keeping me in the past. It was like mm. I kept trying to write another chapter to a book that needed the conclusion. Gotcha. And I disappeared. I went away for a week, spent it in silence. And I made the first decision of my life. And like, I'm going to make a decision that feels aligned to me. And most people aren't probably going to be happy. So I came home and I told everybody, my team, my wife, I was like, I'm giving away that company in 24 hours. And I walked away. And um, it was a very empowering, scary kind of butthole pucker up moment. Um, because then without that business, I didn't have anything to distract myself with. Gotcha. So I changed my phone number, changed my email. And I basically left the internet for two years. Uh, nobody knew where I went. And I spent time with me, my family, and those closest to me. And I got to really start to develop that relationship with myself. And uh, I say it's a massive epiphany because that's really for me, like what life is like, I, I, I lately, like, 
my biggest struggle has been like, I don't have anything to do for work today. What value am I? And I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to live my life today. Okay. I'm going to go spend time with my kids. I'm going to go spend time with my wife. I'm going <laughs> right. to, okay, cool. But it's really interesting because there's always this balance of paradigm of like how we choose to see it and what we have done. And so that was a big pivotal moment for me to be like, Hey, at the end of the day, the only person who's going to have to live with the results of your choices is you. Like, of course, it's going to affect other people. But at the end of the day, all I have is myself and I. And I can't be living a life that's incongruent. I can't be doing things that don't feel good. And every moment that I convince myself to at the sacrifice of my integrity, it's actually having a negative impact on everybody else. They just don't realize it yet because I'm not being myself. I'm like, And so it was a really big moment for me to learn how to trust my intuition and also to have the courage and the willingness to step into a very uncertain, unpopular opinion or area and be like, I hear you. And regardless, this is my choice. And that was a, it was a big moment for me. It was a big moment for me. It's probably, it's probably one of the biggest catalysts in my life and career success as a husband, as a father, and as a business owner to this day, because it changed the way that I looked at decisions. Right. And it, it was no longer from what does everybody want? It's like, what is right and what is the best? But it increased my ability and my capacity to sit with discomfort mm-hmm. and, and to kind of be in the area where I would have enough time or the ingredients to make a decision. And, and I feel like that lesson is huge in a world that we live in instant gratification, go, 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 touch, 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 now, 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 to be able to practice inserting that pause button and, and really be meticulous in how we respond has is, is been a big moment for me. So that would be, that would be one of the big ones. That's amazing. So if you had considered that, or if that was a, if you were hiding behind that and that was considered like almost like your drug of choice, right? Did you actually have withdrawals? Oh yeah. Oh my God. I still do. I gotcha. still do. Like, I deleted social media in 2017, uh-huh. 2017, wow. and it took three years for me not to want to go look at somebody else's or put Instagram on my phone. And what I did is on my phone were the apps where I put Audible and a journaling app and a meditation app. And so I would catch myself, I mean, for months. I'd be sitting there and I'm like, why is the book playing? And I was like, oh my God, I went to open Instagram. Like, and like, I mean, I was an influencer. I mean, I was on the platform every day. I had hundreds of thousands of followers, right? But it was like, holy moly. And so, um, yeah, the withdrawals were real. And I I feel like I I see them all the time. I still get them. Like still, because I basically was offline. And then my wife and I, with my team collectively decided it was time for me to go back on social. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to. Gotcha. And they're like, yeah, but your message, like it makes a difference. I'm like, cool. Under these rules. Right. And I was like, cause I had been so far removed from the quote unquote drug. I was like, no. Right. Uh-uh. Can't even have a little taste. Uh-uh. And well, here's the thing is the taste was disgusting to me now. Like gotcha. it was just disgusting. And so now yeah. it's really great. I don't have the apps on my phone. My team has the logins. They're like, Hey, I need you to go in and do this. I'm like, Oh, I forgot. Oops. <laughs> right. Like I'm like, get me off. <laughs> the yeah. platforms and get into real life, but right. they're still there. And, and I think what's important is that they weren't withdrawals. They weren't withdrawals from, um, from the quote unquote drug. It was what the drug was preventing me from having, which was a relationship with myself. Yes. Right. Like, cause that, like, you, you know, I'm a right. big proponent for stillness and yeah. self-care and self-reflection and alone time. Right. And that's because that was basically my fastest path to happiness and healing was my willingness to practice that. And so I had to start looking at like, 
the social media, the work, the business, the entrepreneurship, the grind, the hustle, the, all of it, they weren't really the drugs. Gotcha. They were more so my distraction yeah. from being with what was there. Right. Right. And so it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to numb feelings. I was trying to distract myself from having them. Um, right. And so, I mean, it, it was really, really interesting, but yeah, it still, it still comes up. Like it came up this weekend, right? Like a long weekend, nobody's working. And, you know, it's a tough day for me with Memorial Day. And, you know, sure. I've lost 28 Marines that are no longer here. And, you know, I, I reflect and I think about that. And then I sit there and then the whole cycle starts, right? I'm like, God, nobody's DM me today. Like my team hasn't messaged me. Does anybody need anything? And I was like, oh, this is residue right here. This is residue. And like, you just have to notice I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go for a walk. And you just start to pick it up and you do it. And I just right. feel like that's what it, what it really requires is our ability to be really present to with what we want. And using the things that we're doing today in alignment with what that is. And quite frankly, I don't want my headstone to say codependent entrepreneur who has no existence outside of social media and external validation. And so I practice the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm this, like, okay, this is what George, would self-actualization was, yeah. look like? <laughs> that he was here for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. And so, uh, but it is, it is a really good question. I think what's really important is I feel like it's easy to make social media, the devil, right? Like we've mm -hmm. seen this for years, like social media is ruining our kids and video games. I'm like, and before video games, like people were doing it with Atari and I'm like, before social media, you look at pictures in the thirties and everybody's reading a newspaper on the train. I was like, it, the medium is different, right? But the feelings are the same. Yeah. And so if we go to the feelings and we go to what's underneath it and we start making informed choices. Well, then all of a sudden you're kind of empowered and you're no longer a victim or a slave to social or the news or, you know, whatever the case is. Right. And you are literally living your best be life in authenticity. As yeah. A yeah. And, and I think, <laughs> I think, and I, well, and I think what's important to understand is like what the definition of a best life is. Like, I feel like I feel like everybody's kind of got some wool pulled over their eyes. Like, oh, my best life is I shit rainbows and unicorns every day. And I was like, at, at what part did you get promised like to be on a psychedelic 24 seven? Like, <laughs> right. I'm really stoked that like that, that's your illusion. I was like, but it's really disconnected and out of touch with reality. Like modulation is one of the best gifts that we have as human beings. It's the ability to express and feel a range of emotions, which gives depth and meaning to the other ones. Yes. And I'm it. like, you do realize that black wouldn't have contrast if white didn't exist and that light would have no meaning if dark didn't exist. And it's like the whole part of it. And I was like, so like, I think living your best life is like being fully expressed and having days where you're allowed to cry and you feel sad and then you take action anyways, then being exuberantly jovial and ready to go and like, you know, boom, boom, boom. And like, right. I think that that's the beautiful part of it is that I feel like a lot of the results that we live in now, especially entrepreneurs is what the job gives us is the ability to numb. Yes. Because yeah. there's always something to do besides feel our feelings. There's always a to-do list. There's always another notification. There's always another social media post to scroll. There's right. all, and I was like, cool. And I was like, but then you can't get mad at me that you created on paper all the results that you said you wanted and you're still miserable because I'm like, you haven't felt anything, yeah. right? Like you, you have to remember that like, this isn't a compartmentalized game. There is no, 
this is how I am at work. And this is how I am at home. Like, no, we're all the same interesting person. Like we are all the same person in all those situations. And you have to work on that whole thing. And, and really like, it's really simple. Like you said, like living your best life is a four year old. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, cause four five up until seven, they're still forming their paradigm and they see the world through their lens. And then we fuck it up. Right. And we teach them how to see the world through socioeconomics and religion and school and paradigm and culture. And then they get to a point where they're an adult and they're like, I'm unhappy. So then they spend the rest of their life unlearning what we taught them to go back to being a four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. That's the evolution of life. Yeah. That's exactly. it. And I'm just lucky that I hit, I hit that point before my midlife crisis. And I wanted right. to start being a child again at like 34. Right. And so now I have years of practice and I was like, nope, unattachment, jovial, have fun, be in the moment. And I'm like, yeah, I learn a lot from my kids. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, with people not even being in the sense of numb, they, they tack it up to being like procrastination. Right. But really, totally. yeah. So they think, oh, I'm just procrastinating, but really it's just, you're distracted on purpose. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's addicted to the comfort because here, here's the thing. Yeah. It's a lot easier to live and work out of insecurity than it is out of abundance. Right. right. Because when it's like, I'm not good enough, I'll never make it. I'm like, I'll show you. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, that wasn't enough. But like, it's an addiction to going. But when you eliminate all of that and you're like, I have to choose to create and there's no unlimited fuel tank. Oh, I actually have to choose. Oh, it doesn't matter how I feel. Oh, it's the, it's this different level of self-starting, right? right? Like it's like you're living out alone in nature. Nobody's coming to feed you. Nobody's giving you water. You have to do it yourself. And so procrastination doesn't exist. Right. Right. Because procrastination is choosing death is basically what it is. Yeah. And so I'm like, you got to remember that, like, <laughs> I think having a healthy awareness with what drives us and what fuels us. And I don't think many entrepreneurs in general, or people that are, have a voice or are change makers wake up and like, oh, my life was rainbows and unicorns and I was meditating every day. It's like, no, I've experienced some shit. Right. And I'm, I'm committed to getting through it, using it as a lesson and helping people not experience it. And so, but a lot of that has to realize that you can't create out of reaction. It only goes so far. Yeah. then it has to be proactive, right? Because right. your reaction will only get you back to kind of what caused the trauma, but to create right. something new, you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, I have to make a choice today. Oh, I have to choose what that's going to be. Oh, it's my job to make the vision. Oh, I have to take the actions. Oh, I have right. to take the steps. And so I think it's just having a really healthy self-awareness of like where we are, because I feel like also it's easy to wear this label of procrastination, Sure. but it's so ambiguous. It gives you a permission slip to stay stuck in it. Yeah, I was gonna because just, it's like, say it's oh, acceptable. I'm procrastinating. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. What are you not doing? And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, then you're not procrastinating. <laughs> Oops. And they're yeah. like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, so what are you feeling? And they're like, well, numb. So I'm not really feeling. I'm like, numb is a feeling. They're like, oh, shit. And I was like, is there something you'd rather be doing in this moment? And you're like, no, I'm actually happy. I'm like, then you're not procrastinating. You're not numbing. You're choosing to play on your phone. And they're like, uh-huh. I'm like, so why are you making that wrong? Right. And then they look at you like, oh. oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, and they're like, well, not sure. I'm like, well, what should you be doing? And they're like, well, nothing. I'm like, well, you shouldn't be doing anything. What would you like to do in this moment? And they're like, I'd like to do something different. I'm like what? And they're like, oh, I'll go work out. I'm like, go. 
Right. Choose something <laughs> but, different for something and I, to and change. I, it just has I think to be a different it's choice. Easy. I think it's easy to give it the label of like, oh, I'm procrastinating or I'm distracted or I'm inefficient. I'm like, or you just lack clarity. Right. Because the truth is, is none of us can be on 24-7, 365. Like every day in my day, I have a part of my day where I watch YouTube videos. I have a part of my day where I play games on my iPhone. I have a part of my day where I unplug the thinking to yeah. fill my tank, just like I read and I go for a walk and I do breath work. Like they're all a part of it. I could label all of those as procrastination, but none of you would tell me that if I had a flat tire and I stopped to change the tire that I was procrastinating getting to my destination, you could challenge me that I was actually efficiently choosing to get to my destination without causing collateral damage. Right. <laughs> it's no, it's no different. Yeah. It's no different. It's the awareness of like, hey, my check engine lights on or I'm boom or I'm boom, I'm boom. And if you're like, yeah, I've just been on social media for six hours. I feel like shit and it's making me worse. I'm like, cool. So you have two choices. Don't tell me you're procrastinating. Tell me, hey, George, I'm just choosing to feel like poop. Awesome. Because the moment you say it, you won't choose it anymore. But it's the ambiguity of saying I'm procrastinating. Right. That is almost like a permission slip to stay stuck. Yeah. 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 So speaking of choices, that's, a good one. that's so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to need to hydrate after that. <laughs> I need to hydrate anyways. Need more water in my life. Uh, so uh, speaking of choices, do you choose to laugh each day? Well, I actually do. And I'm like, you help. <laughs> but like, I, re I really, really do. Uh, I'm glad that you do this as well. But I, I think, yeah, there's a good period of my life where I wouldn't. Um, okay. And I would have the feeling and I would make the feeling wrong because I had mm. this paradigm that like joy shouldn't be experienced, right? Or like I've caused too much pain to experience joy or I've made too many mistakes to experience joy. And now I realize that joy is a joy is a choice. Happiness right. is a choice, like laughter and like, yeah, I think it's really, really important to be intentional about, you know, feeling and celebrating and finding it. And you know what I love about how you call this and what you say is I think a lot of times if we look back, cause I know, I've been really like deep reflecting today, but I, I think is a lot of times when we look back, I'd say 90% of my days where I have breath work scheduled or the gym scheduled or eating healthy scheduled, I don't want to do it. Like my feeling in the moment isn't like, Oh, I'm so excited to go sweat and have my heart rate be at 170 and feel like I can't breathe. No. And so like the first couple minutes of it is like drudgy and sludgy. But then because I put it in my calendar, I'm like, no, I'm going to do it because that's my commitment. And then I'm always so grateful when I'm done. Right. But if I always allowed myself to make choices based on my feelings, I would never get anywhere. Right. And so I have to make commitments and schedules that are greater than my current self so that I can hit my potential and stretch. And I think one of the beautiful things about what we do as human beings is that we're always trying to stretch our rubber band because it never comes back to the same size. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, it's really easy for us to go stretch the downside, right? Like I'm, I'm perfectly fine when you tell me that it's been a bad day to make the whole thing about me and cry for six hours and boohoo and be a martyr. Give me three bottles of wine. It's so hard. And I'm like, and on the inside, I'm like, you could really just go do something different. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, victim me. <laughs> I have no problem stretching that side, right? But right. then at first, I never schedule, I didn't used to schedule in stretching or experiencing joy. Yeah. Like pure unadulterated laughter or boom, boom, boom. And I think the same thing with breath work. Like when I do breath work, sometimes there's days I start and I'm like, 
yeah. And there's days I start, I'm like, I do not want to be here. <laughs> right. And then right. There, you hit that point where you're like, okay, now I want to be here and I don't want to stop. But I feel like it's really important to, to schedule in your growth and schedule in your range and be able to experience and modulate and find those pockets of, of true, whatever that emotion is um, that we can do. And if you, if anybody is a little esoteric or you follow like Joe Dispenza, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love Joe. I love his work. I love, I love a lot of it. Um, some people say it's like too woo. I'm like, whatever. Um, but really like when you, when you think about it, there's nothing outside of us, like nothing, right? right? Like we use inputs from the world. We use feedback. We use life events. We use everything to give us a thought. And then yeah. we put meaning on that thought to give ourselves a feeling, mm-hmm. which means that everything we're feeling is self-induced. Which means if we went back to the thought, we could change the relationship with the thought. And when that thought happens, instead of experience depression and sadness, could experience laughter or, you know, boom. But it's the same thing I tell people all the time. Like people, (laughs) I use this as an example for entrepreneurs all the time. um, When I talk about like kind of being unattached and not being reactive and they're like, no, that's not possible. Like, okay, cool. I was like, have you ever gotten into a car accident or almost in a car accident? And they're like, mostly people have. Right. Right. And I'm like, remember the feeling. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, tell me. And they're like, God, it was like a pit in my stomach that was never ending. Like it was like, like they can explicitly describe it. Right. Yeah. And they're like, and like, I just, there was nothing I do. I was petrified. I was boom, 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 boom. I'm like, you couldn't do anything. Couldn't they're like, no, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, you ever been on a roller coaster? (laughs) And they're like, yeah. I'm like, describe the feeling. And they, and at that point they look me dead in the eye and they're like giving me middle fingers with their eyeballs. (laughs) And I was like, what's the feeling? And they start describing the identical feeling. Right. And I was like, and what's the thought? And you're like, oh, it's so fun. Right. Right. I was like, your paradigm and your thoughts determine the meaning of the feeling, but the feeling is the same. Yeah. And so if you practice it and I'm not saying like you should be excited about a car accident but the inverse is like if you're feeling that feeling you didn't die right so you probably could laugh and celebrate like that was a fun roller coaster glad i'm out but instead a lot of times we take it as a wound and residue and we're like i almost died i'm never gonna drive differently like you know what i mean like it really comes down to the story and the narrative that we create in our brain and so the reason i'm saying this is i think we live in a world we live in a society like screw entrepreneurship that doesn't reward expression, that doesn't reward feeling. It almost is like, be even keeled, be a robot, don't express, don't feel, you know what I mean? Like go, 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 go. And so I think everybody should have a day, a part of their day and a part of their daily practice to really expand their range as a human. Yeah. To expand what you feel like. If you want to feel more, you actually have to work the muscle out. If you want to laugh more, you have to laugh. If you want to be present, you have to be present. Just like if you want to run faster, you have to train. Yeah. So I I think it's really, really important. Yeah. I love that you're saying that too, because I've had people, you know, just in even being speaking on stage. So when people say, oh, do you get, do you want to throw up when you get up there? Well, sure. But you, you, well, they were like, I could never do that. Okay. Why? It's, it's the same feeling, right? So if you think it's butterflies in your stomach, is it excitement or is it because you're scared to death? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that here's the thing. It's like, we, even when people that, and, and I'm such a stickler because I can't have things in my space that allow me to regress. 
So even with my team, even with my best friends, like we correct each other all day, all yeah. day. And I, I love that though, because it's like, I've, I've said like, I could never, and they'll respond could never or choosing not to. And I'm like, Oh, got it. <laughs> yep. Cool. And here's what's so funny though, because the moment you even say it to, I could never to, I'm choosing not to, it goes from victim to responsible. Right. And then you're empowered to choose, but the feeling typically goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's this ownership over and over. And like, I don't care. Pick your, pick your path to, to personal development, to growth, to self-awareness. If you're not growing as a human, you're dying. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause you're either progressing or regressing and none of us really want to regress, but there's this like negative connotation with the word personal development. And I really don't like the word. I kind of like personal growth and exploration relationship with yourself. Right. But if, if you really think about it, every time you choose to just say, Oh, I'm choosing not to, you're empowering yourself to make a decision to be different or to choose. It's really every moment you're like, I could never, or you're stagnant or it's happening that you were regressing. You're basically dying. Like right. that's basically what you're doing. And it's so simple to me, but every time somebody reframes it, whether it's my wife or my team, cause I have just the same moments, everybody else's like, this will never work. Like, oh, 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 I shouldn't speak. No one's going to listen to what I say. Yeah. Half the stuff I've said in the last 43 minutes is bullshit. And everybody <laughs> thinks I'm full of hot air. Blah, 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 blah. Like I have all of the same narrative. And then like, someone will be like, okay, didn't you choose to do it? I'm like, oh, I did. And they're like, okay. So if you got feedback that you didn't like, couldn't you choose to do it different? I'm like, I, I could. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> got it. Shut up. Cool. Have a good day. I love you. I'm going to get a coffee. This is why we're friends. And I, and I really do. And the question I ask Jen is all the time, what are we trying to avoid by always having a narrative? Mm. because absent the narrative, what is there? Just the relationship with yourself. Yeah. Which most of us don't know how to do myself Ooh. included. Yeah. And so if I'm sitting here and I have a feeling, instead of me just experiencing the feeling, what do I typically do? Oh, it's probably because I didn't do this or I should have done this. I was like, but it was a feeling, not a thought. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Cause they're totally different. Right. And I think right. I'm blessed to have friends, but like that study the brain are the best in the world, but like over 80% of our memory is made up. It's not accurate. It's used as our brain to create survival mechanisms and triggers to lapse together memory, but only about 20% of it is made up. The rest of it's just an illusion. Like it's right. just literally like a, a, a non-fiction or a fictional movie, whatever that is like a fake yeah. movie. Right. That's used to create a narrative and an experience to trigger your reptilian brain yeah. to survive. Yeah. And so none of it's really empowering, but I, I have been, I reflect on that in my meditation this morning because I, it was one of those mornings where like, I was not in a good place. Like I got right. all my stuff done, but I was like, something is off today. Yeah. I'm like, I'm emotional. I feel like a failure. Like my wife's leaving me. Like I'm failing as a parent. Like I have this narrative. I'm like, I text my wife. I'm like, I'm so incredibly sorry. I didn't have the kids ready in time. Like I'll do better. Like I, this whole thing. And she's like, we were great. And I was like, huh? Huh? You're like, like two, two hours, two hours. I've been having a panic attack. 
because I made up this fake narrative. And I know my wife, if anything's ever wrong, my wife will just blatantly directly tell me. Right. There's never any like a low way. Yeah. And so even instead of texting my wife, like, hey, babe, are you okay? Nope. I stayed with the narrative. I'm a failure as a husband. I need to get up earlier. I didn't do both. Like, and then I like really, and she's like, oh, it was great, babe. We had an awesome morning. And I was like, I'll be better. She's like, better at what? You had his lunch ready. I was like, oh, I got... And I was like, I'm just going to go to the gym. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I went to the yeah. gym and I was like, okay, I'm working out in silence. Today's one of my silent days. Uh, what is this? Like, yeah. what is this? And it was like, it was literally like, I was just afraid to be present. Like I was like the presence scared me. Yeah. Like it couldn't be this easy. Like I couldn't be this happy today. My son couldn't have woken up that happy. And I was like, oh, but he did. And we did. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And what I've found for me personally is that even though I've done a lot of healing, right? Like I'm aware of all of my traumas. I've processed a lot of them. The residue that remains is a lot of the paradigm or thought that I have to destruct, deconstruct daily that uh, I couldn't have this high or that the guillotine's about to drop or the other shoe is about to drop, which is still a trauma response. Yeah. I just find that I'm proactively making it when there's no evidence anymore. Yeah. And it's like, it's like that wound is holding on just like it refuses to let go. There's like one fingernail left on the cliff. Yeah. Right? And on the oh. other side of it, it's like pure joy. Right. You're like, no, it, it, it only comes up occasionally. And like, things have been so good. Yeah. And here's what, let me, let me be an integral what I said. I've been feeling so good, but on paper, things would look just as stressed as they were. Where I was like, I'm so depressed and I'm not worth it anymore five years ago. Gotcha. But my capacity has increased my skill set, my ability to do what I do. Yeah. And so instead, it's almost like this doubt of self-confidence. Like, hey, can I really do this? Am I supposed to be here? Is this the the burden of leadership that I haven't wanted to accept? Like, does this mean that like I can't be a victim anymore and I have to make punch? <laughs> like, there's so much wrapped inside of it. And so to, to fully close that loop, because you asked me a question I went on a tangent on, I think it's very important to practice every day, expressing different levels of emotions and never allowing them to be pushed down. And I think I said this to you guys in person, when I met you, one of the wisest pieces of advice I ever got was if it's coming up, it's coming out, don't push it back down. Right. And it's really easy for us. And, and why I'm saying this is because like, I love that you do this, you know, laughing meditation and a lot of people are like, oh, it's so silly. I'm like, yeah, but think about all the times that you feel sad and you stuff it back down or you feel happy and you push it away and you never express it actually prevents you from expressing and feeling all the parts of yourself that you want to feel. Right. And so I think it's important to have scheduled time in an off gassing. And if we look at our bodies as biological, right? Like let's eliminate the consciousness, right? Where we made ourselves the top of the food chain. Cause by the way, we didn't used to be. Right. Um, Cause if I throw a naked baby in the middle of the Serengeti, it's not going to last long. Like we yeah. are not the top of the food chain. We created tools and structure and yeah. social hierarchy <laughs> to win, but it also kind of changed the way in which we relate and we do things, but we're one of the only mammals that doesn't have like a natural trauma response. Like if you ever watch, um, and, and only you can watch this cause it's a good thing. I would never say go watch a video of a lion eating a gazelle. Cause you might not like that. Right. But if you go watch a gazelle get attacked and get away, you'll notice the first thing they do once they're out of harm's way is they actually have a trauma shake. 
And what they literally do is they physically release the trauma out of their body. And in that moment, that three to five seconds, it's gone. And that thing never happened. Right. They're right back to eating, procreating, doing their things. Yeah. And we as human beings don't have a natural release mechanism or valve. Even our lymphatic system doesn't release itself, which is why you have to do lymphatic massage or rebounding if you have lymphatic beta. Our stress response, like we don't have an off-gas valve, which is why we are huge proponents for breath and movement and things that get it out. And I think what you do is what you're finding is a different tool to allow ourselves to off-gas or to express whatever it is that has to be expressed mm -hmm. to then be and reset our check engine light to be actually present. Right. And so do I think it's important? I think that's the 10-minute version of telling you how effing important it is as I just <laughs> talk too much. Oh, I love it. I, love I feel it like somebody stuck like too many quarters in me this morning. No, that's okay. Because I feel like I told you, I feel like you are my inside voice on the outside. So that's exactly it. Because I appreciate the vulnerability that you bring, especially as a man, that you're bringing that to the forefront of it's okay, right? Like if you feel you need to cry, you have to get that out. Because totally. if not, it's so... It, it wreaks havoc on your body, your mental capacity. I mean, it's so it's, and I will say, I had a conversation with a friend last night that we were talking about how I don't usually, I don't get sick, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, just staying not. in that joyful state, which I would say is about 98% of the time, but the other time I do have the, am I, am I good enough? Am I making sense? Am I worth this? Am I worthy of this? You know, and I can manifest and make things happen all the time. Totally. And yeah. And so just being in that awareness of feeling sick and tired, and I can't imagine living down in there. And I say mm -hmm. down, not as no, you're, no, I got a vibration. Don't, don't justify. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare try to write yourself a fucking permission slip out of what you just said. <laughs> no. no. You look at you turning your volume down. No, I am not here for that, Jen. No. No, I'm just saying because I just called people out. Like, it, and it's yeah, it, call it, them, it, call them out. If you don't express your feelings, you're gonna feel like shit, and you deserve to feel like shit. You're yes. welcome. Yeah. Yes. And like, here's the thing. It's so simple. Like, and I want to give validation what you're saying though, because if any of us have ever gotten food poisoning, right, or been right. nauseous or drank too much. When the moment you get the feeling yeah. that you're like, I'm about to puke, there typically is also a moment of relief. That's like, oh my God, as soon as I get this out, I'm going to feel better. Yes. But what most people do with their emotions, they're like, nope, I like the feeling. <gasps> and none of us would push puke back down. Oh. None of us. If you're about to shit your pants. <laughs> And you're two feet away from the toilet. Would you willingly not sit on the toilet and poop your pants? No, you'd let it out. Sit right. down and go. Yeah. And I was like, we have to do that everywhere. And I use that as a humor and as a joke, but it's yeah. so, so true. Our conscious brains have complicated the process because we overcomplicate how simple it is. You feel yeah. sad, be sad. You feel happy, be happy. Express them both and then move on in the next moment. Right. And I'm not saying this from my soapbox of like I have it figured out. I told you I literally put myself through suffrage for four hours this morning for no fucking reason. Right. And it wasn't until I smashed a weight in silence. I was like, oh, my God, I did it again. 
God, this thing's getting tricky. Okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to be happy now. Right? Choose something different. And I think I think it really, really is important. And I'm glad that you brought up what you said, too, because I think um, with your personality and how you lead people, I think it's an absolute beautiful gift. But I also think it's really important that you let people know as well that, like, sometimes it's not all laughs and rainbows. Sometimes I, I'm sad and I modulate and I express to be here in my default state. But I will say meeting you in person and being around you, your energy is really this. Like, it's really just pure authentic there, happy, like there's no undertow, there's no anything. And I, I honestly could say, if I probably looked back at your life, it'd be very clearly able to see like where you started processing and feeling and then like right. the correlation of this level of happiness and joy. And, you know, I feel like what happens in society is a lot of times people like you that are really high energy or promoters or giving are actually like kind of made wrong. And people try to turn your volume down because your level of happiness and presence shines a light on everybody else's discomfort. And so they want to bring you down to their level instead of being called up to theirs. And so right. I think it's really important that you acknowledge what you did acknowledge because there are times yeah. where I've seen people and, and myself included, like I never hid behind humor. I hid behind sarcasm and always having the answer. Mm. There's other people I know that like hide behind you around, but hey, listen, like I know that wasn't, that wasn't funny. That didn't, that didn't make you laugh. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I just figured somebody had to ask you the right question, right? <laughs> But I, I love that you said that because I feel like there does come a point, like depending on what you study doctrine wise, I mean, I read everything from right. stoicism to consciousness, to fifth dimensions, to quantum mechanics and many worlds theories, all the way down to Buddhism and, you know, all of it. And I'm like, yeah. but really, when you look at it, what, what you end up getting is that all of us, whether it's religion, whether it's spirituality, whether it's consciousness, what we basically are thriving towards is a state of awareness unattached to the outcome or emotion, which would basically be defined as present happiness and joy because we're not our emotions. Yes. And I feel like you're a walking example of like living in my truth and fully expressing myself. I can choose joy. I can choose gratitude. I can choose manifestation. I can hang an envelope above my door that's going to get money magically dropped in by the tooth fairy. And I can have an ombre logo on my wall, just like my hair. But those are all choices right. that you can make because you've been expressing it so long. And just like if you haven't run before and you go like, I'm going to go train with a marathon or you're going to get smoke checked. Yeah. The only difference between the two of you is they've practiced it every day. Right. And so the difference between you and someone's like, I could never feel that happy. I'm like, you could just like I can, right. but it's going to require a daily commitment to practice, to make that muscle stronger, to yeah. have a healthy relationship with that emotion and to make it as, as pivotal as it could be. Right. Okay. I'll shut up yeah. now. Sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> feel bad because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll keep it short. And then oh, I don't care. I don't have a hard stop. You're my last interview of the day. So all my interviews are short because I'm five one. Oh, oh, there we go. That's punny. Punny. I love it. <laughs> or as I call fairy funny. <laughs> I don't get that one. Oh, because I mentioned I was like being a fairy just fluttering around. in life. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. get it now. I get it now. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I got it's it. okay. Welcome back. Welcome back. So what we're going to do is, um, so we're actually going to do a laughing meditation with our buddy George here. And is this your first time doing this? I think, no, I've done this in like men's work and practices. Okay. Like embodiment practices. Okay. Awesome. Well, I am so going to move my mic further away from my mouth. Though. Okay. <laughs> it's 
okay because most of the time mine cuts everybody out anyway. So yours does, by the way. That's interesting. I've noticed when you when you get excessively high, the audio dips yeah. out. And it's my energy. I can always tell like when my energy just starts like it, it'll cut the audio out because I edit our our podcast and I can always tell like oops, I was vibrating way too high for the mic at that time. Got it. Okay, so it wasn't me. That happens. Okay. Yeah, that does happen. No, it, it's, it is my mic. So um, what we're going to do is for two minutes. So we're literally just laughing for two minutes. Um, so we're going to take a nice deep breath in through our nose and we're going to push it out. So we're going to pull it up from the ground, which we need to. You can I'm already purging. So I love to pull energy up from the ground. So when you take a deep breath and then we just push it up into the sky so that we can just connect. Um, Cause some people get lightheaded when they do a meditation. The whole point is literally to just focus on laughing and being present. You don't have to, it doesn't allow you to think of, you know, your bills or am I worthy or what do I have to do in five minutes or anything like that. So we'll do that twice. And then we just, I'll set a timer for two minutes and then we just laugh for two minutes and probably burn about, I don't know, eight calories. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you might get a little more than eight though. Like two minutes a good, uh, yeah, I think eight, maybe eight or nine. I, I'm here yeah. for this. And also just to share, if you feel you can't laugh for real, you can fake laugh and your body won't know the difference. So I don't know how to fake laugh, but I would imagine it would be like, which is just funny in itself right like how can you not laugh after that i know okay so we're gonna take a deep breath in through our nose and pull it up from the ground and push it up okay and one more time and push it up okay now set a timer and it's laugh full blast for two minutes, okay? <laughs> I l- <laughs> it's even worse because you're muted. Oh, so uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is so much easier than I thought it would be. drug to make other people laugh. I love it.
two I'm, dren- I'm drenched in sweat. Minute. <sighs> How, by the way, if you do that with anybody, it's so funny because your audio cuts out so many <laughs> times. You're silent laughing, which is fucking hilarious. And then your facial expressions, then the noise comes back in and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's literally like it's humorous on this side. That was so easy. <laughs> it's probably better than blowing out your hearing holes. It does. My my abdomen hurts like that. Oh. Was, that was good. That was that was good medicine. Whew. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here for that. That was good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, I can. I think I'm pretty sure we're still live. I didn't know if Facebook had cut us out or not. Um, Jen is on there. there. I saw I saw Jen on there 46 <laughs> minutes ago. She's gonna punch me later. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Oh, oh, good time. Like my booby rocks are sweating. I got rocks in my bra. They're all like, look at you. You talk oh, about woo woo. Jen, I am okay. I'm still here. I see you. I see you, Jen. It's okay. You can, it. <laughs> you can only avoid me for so long. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that, oh, that was great. That was great. That was happy. That was the best way to end my day of interviews. Yeah, see? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing laughing meditation with me. I'm super excited that we could implement both of those. And I love it. Oh, my gosh. I'll just randomly start sending you voicemails of me laughing for you to hit play. (laughs) You just like laugh bomb people. Like there's got to be a business in that. I'll think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. I I feel like probably in one of your meditations, it's going to come to you and you're going to be like, it's like, it's like, you know, the whole like singing telegram thing, but then adding a laugh bomb, but then figure out a way to deliver it and then like have it be a gift. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Or just like I come up and just like just spew jokes out, like just start giving them a personal comedy show and then be like, <laughs> I feel I feel like I feel like the the pattern interrupt of no joke, just instant on demand laughter. Oh, yeah. Is a um, lot sharper of an edge. Like, I feel like you could just walk into a group of people and just start laughing and eventually yeah. get the whole thing enrolled. Like, there's got to be something. We'll figure it out. I did call it like Jack in the Box laughing. You know, it's like That's just exactly sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and then. <laughs> yeah. What's nuts to me is how quickly you can hit your own button. Yeah. Because, like, it's oh. not fake either. Like, you can literally tell. You're like, nope, there's a switch. And she just <laughs> got it. So, funny thing about that is I had bronchitis probably 10 years ago. That that part is not funny. But it changed my laugh. So, when I, when I start laughing, I'm actually laughing at my laugh because that's not my real laugh. That's not my original laugh. What is your real laugh? Well, that's my real laugh now. But it's changed <laughs> after I had bronchitis. So, when I start wheezing in my laugh, I'm actually, it's a vicious cycle because I can't stop laughing at me wheezing at my laugh and I'm laughing. <laughs> I started, I started wheezing just from laughing that I had a cough and then my abs hurt. And then that was funny. And then I was, yeah, that was, that was good. That was good. I pre I'm glad that you do that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I was like, Oh man, it's taco Tuesday. Right. Like, I feel like we're going to do that at a live event. I'm going to bring you up and I'm like, all right, we oh, have 30 minute practice. And they're like, yes. what? I'm like, laughing. So I did that at a 45 minute class and I was literally the only one that could laugh the entire time. Like 
It, we, it should bring your own diaper. That's how that class yeah. should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's legit. I mean, that's um, that's was, that's it's a range. I'm glad you do it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That was a that was the best way to end. So that was yeah. great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Toots. Where can people find you? Let's oh, tell yeah, people yeah. where they can if find you. If you haven't found my level of crazy <laughs> and you want more of it, the best place is my podcast. Yeah. Um, I talk more than I laugh, but I do laugh occasionally. Uh, but it's called the Mind of George, though. It's at uh, mindofgeorge.com. That's the best place. I give away. 99.999% of everything I do for free to help humans and entrepreneurs be the best versions of themselves and turn that light up a little bit brighter for the world. Yeah. I love it. Ethically. 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 It's kind of hard to turn a light up unethically. So yeah, I say yeah. it depends on the context when I say it. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of hard to get brighter though when you're kind of like poopy and poison. Yeah. I so, hear you. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. Okay, Mind of George. Well, thanks Mind so much, George. Toots. It's thanks so great me. to see you again. And... Enjoy your corn dog and tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure you eat. <laughs> I, I will. I still have my half-eaten bowl of food from three hours ago. My interview started, so I'll just start reading it now, and then uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, Toots. We'll see you. Okay. Right, bye. Bye. <laughs>